All right. Well, welcome to another episode of Behind the Grind. I am your host, Sherrod Schuler, and I'm so excited today uh, for my guest that I have in the grind seat. Uh, he's from Albion, Georgia. Uh, and let me just give you a little background. He's a mentor. He's a father. He's a teacher. And let me just say he's doing some extraordinary things right now uh, with the work that he is doing. He is the founder of the X for Boys, a mentoring program there in Albany, Albany, Georgia. He has, if you haven't heard of this young man, believe me, you will be hearing a lot more from him. He's only 21. And so without further ado, let me introduce you to my guest today, no other than King Randall. Welcome to Behind the Grind, man. What's going on? Let's get on the grind. <laughs> oh, man. So I'm so ecstatic to have this opportunity to talk to you, man, because you have been a light of inspiration. I'm sure you've been hearing this over and over again about what you've been doing. And I know many of us, you're probably probably wondering, many of us probably haven't come into light of you until probably the recent events, right? But you've been yes, doing sir. some work for quite some time. So just for the sake of my audience, for quite a few people that still haven't heard of you, can you just tell us a little bit about the work that you're doing there in Albion, Georgia? Yeah, absolutely. Well, my name is King Randall. Uh, I'm 21 years old. I'm the founder of the X for Boys program in Albany, Georgia. Um, our program teaches young men ages 11 to 17 the different skill trades, how to work on cars, work on houses, such as changing oil, changing brakes, alternators, radiators, water pumps, uh, changing ceiling fans, toilets, sheetrock. Um, floor and you name it, um, all these things we are teaching the boys. Um, but this program I started simply because where I live in Albany, um, our poverty rate is extremely high and our crime rate is extremely high. And where we live, we are at one point the fourth poorest city in the nation. And we were also the murder capital at one point. Wow, um, okay. And looking at the ages of the young men um, that are committing these crimes um, in my age group and younger, um, that was a problem for me. Also considering that there are no rehab programs at all in Southwest Georgia, uh, from juveniles coming from the juvenile court system. Um, this was a, an extreme issue for me. Um, and going to different stop the violence rallies, et cetera, is like every time something happens with our young men, everybody wants to have a meeting and all these yeah. meetings that people yeah. want to have every time, you know, somebody gets killed. But I'm just like, these children are out crying for help every day. Why yeah. aren't we out working with them? Yeah. Uh, so I started um, a program called the X for Boys. I started doing field trips. I made some flyers on my phone. Um, I sent them to different churches. I passed them out at restaurants. I went to football practices, basketball practices. I went and passed out all these flyers. Um, mind you, I was 19 at the time, and I had got 20 young men, and we took them all to the um, Center for Civil and Human Rights in Atlanta, and we also took them to the African American History Museum. Um, we took these young men there, and to see the boys asking questions, to see them you know, wanting to get out of their conditions, I knew that's where I needed to be because they just needed some consistency. Uh, so then right after that, I started uh, teaching them how to work on cars. I did an oil change workshop but immediately after that um, with my, my uncle. I did it at his house. I made another flyer on my phone, went and passed out <laughs> the flyers uh, everywhere, went and passed them out at restaurants, put it on social media, went to churches, et cetera. Um, and I got 20 boys uh, at the oil change workshop. I taught 20 boys how to change oil on a vehicle. Um, and they all got certificates and things like that. And to see the kids so excited and their parents yeah. calling and saying, you know, how happy they were to get certificates, especially for those young men who aren't academically inclined right. um, for school. Yeah. A lot of them that can work with their hands and get a certificate, they were excited about it. Yeah. Um, so immediately after that, I started doing another workshop. Um, I started teaching them how to wow. change brakes um, <laughs> and they got certificates as well. And so um, immediately after that, I lost my job mm. and um, it was the summertime. 
So I was like, well, I guess this is God pushing me to do what it is that I <laughs> should be doing. Yeah. Um, so I started a summer camp right in my house. Um, I made another flyer on my phone, told them everything <laughs> I was going to be offering. Um, and I was, you know, hoping that, you know, parents weren't too skeptical about this program that uh, I was running for my house. Right. I had, tw- I had 20 parents that believed in this 19 year old kid to run a summer camp right. um, from his home. And um, I talked to them all summer. We did all the skill trades. We learned, you know, how to work on cars, work on houses. We were reading every day. Wow. Um, I, right here in my dining room, I put some tables together. I had me a small dry erase board and I taught in my dining room every day. <laughs> uh, and that's what we did. Man. Uh, but, uh, it, it was beautiful to see. And so um, I graduated those children on my birthday of uh, 2020, uh, okay. excuse me, 2019, July 2019. I graduated them. That's my birthday present to myself every wow. year. The That's summer nice. camp graduates on my birthday. Okay. Um, so yeah, so July 26th is my birthday. And after that, I started a book club because the children um, that I noticed um, I was working with were having issues reading. 12 out of the 20 kids couldn't read. Um, right. That was an extreme issue for me. And these children were in different grades. These boys were six, seventh, yeah. eighth. 10th grade, 11th grade. Yeah. I'm just like, how are you guys in school <laughs> and passing through school and you can't read or write? This is absolutely right. ridiculous. Um, so I started a book club and now we have an 86% reading comprehension rate for our program. These children are actually learning <laughs> wow. how to read. Um, and that's the beautiful thing, you know. Um, yeah. But of course, I did that up until the end of 2019. Of course, the beginning of 2020, COVID happened. Um, so I had to stop everything that I was yeah. doing. Um, and I wouldn't be able to do the book club anymore, et cetera but parents were still asking me to do something. I didn't know what it is I was supposed to be doing. I was like, well, okay. I don't know what to do um, because I'm not sure what's going on with this virus stuff. Yeah. You know, I don't want nobody to die or whatever. I didn't know what right. was going on. Right. Parents were still asking. I, so I made up my mind. I said, well, these children are uh, gonna do something. They gotta come live with me for the summer. Uh-huh. Um, and the parents said, okay. So I got six children, excuse me, seven children. Um, I went and got some uh, bump beds and put them in my living room. And went to work. Made it happen. When we made it happen. Um, wow. So I went and found um, an old apartment complex on contractors was working on, and they taught my boys every day. We found a farm to work on every day. Um, somebody <laughs> donated me a little small Dodge Caravan, and we rode around that little Dodge Caravan. <laughs> we made it happen. Um, and, and I always said I was never going to ride a soccer mom van, but I ain't had no choice. Yeah, I had no choice, but you know, we made it happen anyway. We did all the skill trades, et cetera. Yeah. But during this summer camp, people were saying, you know, you should start posting what you're doing because right. it's special. And I had been posting, but I hadn't, I wasn't sure. like posting, posting. Sure. And, um, so I started posting on Twitter and things like that. And we went viral on Twitter one time and we got invited to the White House. And <laughs> after that, like stuff skyrocketed so fast. Like right. everything happened so fast. All this that you've seen happen has happened in yeah. less than a year. Like, okay. Everything that people are watching right now, it's all happened in less than a year. It hasn't even been a year yet. Since all this stuff's been happening. We went viral last October and yeah. all this stuff has happened now from us purchasing a school, us purchasing 40 acres of land, all that has happened. <laughs> In, in less a than small, a year. small window mm-hmm. of time. Listen, man, this is this is what the grind is really. You know, we, I, I started the show to find people in the community and locally to that are doing things, even you know, nationally and in any shape or form. But you, what you're speaking is really that full behind the grind. I'm sure it sounds like what you were talking and you're going through how it was going. You know, you're creating fires on the phone. It explains to me that it wasn't all about the hype. You were really out here for these boys, really leading the charge and really establishing and making impact. So let me, you know, we, we won't get into some of this if we can, but let me go back. Like you're only 21. You know, we, I'm sure every interview you talk about, everyone is yeah. highlighting you're 21. You started at 19, but all this work has taken place. Now we have to ask the question, man. What is fueling your grind, man? What fueled your grind? Where did this start, man? How did you get to this point where you just said, hey, I'm going to 
your mantra saying do for self how did you get to this place where you saying i'm gonna do for self well at one point i was in the arena of you know uh politicking and trying to you know ask uh our leaders and stuff yeah. for different things but then i started researching dr king and malcolm and then i ran mm-hmm. across a few malcolm speeches and i ran across a few martin speeches mm-hmm. and i was like that makes sense why don't we go and do it ourselves so they had, a, dir- they had a, a different message to what, what what we had seen just go out here and get in politics and get involved you had really listened to what they were actually saying is that what i'm getting I- Absolutely, because we, I mean, our civil rights leaders gave us the blueprint. They told us what to do, but we won't do it. We'll put all their pictures up and wear their t-shirts and all that, but won't go actually do what they're doing. That's kind of like how people do Malcolm. They try to reduce him to violence. I'm just like, you never saw a picture or a video of Malcolm fighting anybody. I'm like, he told you to fight back, you know, just in case, but he was all strategy, but nobody wanted to do what he was saying. So I decided to go do exactly what he asked (laughs) us to do. And obviously it's working. So, yeah. you know, people may disagree and things like that, but you can't yeah. dispute the results. Yeah. Um, so obviously what we're doing is working. My, my age obviously doesn't matter yeah. um, because it's working. Yeah. So, you know, I just want to make sure we're eradicating those excuses, you know, for um, all the people that have told, you know, black people, we can't go do this, that, right. and the third. Right. You know, we want to make sure we're eradicating those excuses. Man, I mean, you know, I, I just recently moved to Atlanta, Georgia. I'm from uh, Michigan. I really grew up in Flint, Michigan, lived in Detroit uh, area. But, you know, Flint kind of has like that rap has a, a stigma of, of violence and different things like that. And so I think that's what draws me to your story when we talk about uh, Albany. Uh, it, it's a place where if you could describe what is the makeup there? What, how is it um, made up there? Is it a, a lot of uh, things going on? A lot of things happening? What's the makeup there? Well, nothing's really happening in Albany. We don't have any like uh, entertainment spots. I mean, we have a skating ring, the movies, okay. you know, okay. but that's about it. I mean, yeah. and we have a lot of clubs. Okay. Um, but we, there's no um no like major business here. We don't have our malls like a flea market. Yeah. Um, like it's it's really it's seventy seven percent black people here. Yeah. Okay. Um, but all we have is you know restaurants and you know. Right. <laughs> but right. We don't really have anything going on here at all. We have to go to Atlanta to go have some fun. Right. You know, but there's nothing here like at all. No buildings, no big buildings, no right. skyscrapers. And we have the space for it. I mean, yeah. if we wanted to make it like a flourishing city like Atlanta, it could happen. Of course, right. me and my boys are going to go do it in five to 10 years. <laughs> but right now, you know, it's, I mean, that's that's where we are. So I'm just like, you know, coming up with different ideas yeah. um, because with the city of Albany could be something great. I mean, we could have our own almost like a black Mecca. I mean, it's 77 percent right. black people here, you know, but we, we only thing we own is churches and funeral homes. But we want to keep complaining yeah. about what's going on in our neighborhoods and what's going on in our community and why nothing's working. I'm just like, because we have to go and change it. But yeah. people are being inspired now because they felt like they couldn't do it. But now people are seeing possible from a young kid. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and now these other boys, you know, that are growing up get to see possible. And I always tell them, I'm like, man, if y'all think I'm so cool at 21, which yeah. my boys turn 21, they're gonna be bad. They're gonna <laughs> that's, be that's what's up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, so that's why I want to pull that out because you know, a lot of times we talk about the big cities, which is not, no shade on any of that, but you know, mm-hmm. just in our local small city, wherever city we are, and I'm not calling Albany small, but any place, if you get to do it, like you said, get to doing the work. You, we can create change. We can make impact. And look, this little uh, space that you're doing the work in has created a ripple effect. And all of us are listening to you and it's drawing attention to a city that had not been, right. uh, you know, hadn't been viewed for probably quite some time, I'm assuming. So Absolutely. let's talk about this a little bit, too. Um, you said you, you gave the makeup of the city. And it sounds like, uh, you know, I know you have this, you know, the term, the conservative term. Right. Obviously. Mm-hmm. So 
growing up or being in that area, is that term, you know, when you say conservative, does that trigger people around you? Oh, how absolutely. does that work? <laughs> of course it triggers people because of what yes. TV tells you or uh -huh. the, the black conservative they'll put on TV for you. Sure. They don't actually give you like all, it's a whole sector of grassroots black conservative. Yeah. And then what's crazy is when I started explaining what it means to me, people are like, oh, I don't disagree with that. I'm like, I know you don't because your granddad was conservative. Your grandma was conservative. Every, all of them believed in conserving traditional family values. They think sure. it means like uh, white races and stuff like that. I'm like, you know, it's white races on the liberal side too. It's white races everywhere. Right. However, you know, that's that's just something, you know, people equate um, with the word. Of course. You have to, but these conversations are important, which is why I'm glad, you know, what I'm doing is actually getting people to ask questions yeah. because what's been happening is the other side has been lying, you know, this whole time <laughs> about the other side. I'm just like, nah, come listen to what we're talking about because what I speak is, is straight Malcolm and Martin all day. Okay. you know whatever but they'll you know of course tell you on tv that it's the yeah. opposite and you yeah. know again they just buy you with a smile and so i have yeah. to let people understand like we can go do for self but then also people like to use the excuse to try to combat that just because I'm, well that doesn't mean that the government you know we got to <laughs> absolve i'm like i didn't say don't take no assistance mm -hmm. i said don't wait on it like stop mm -hmm. trying to find a clap back no i ain't mm -hmm. got time for no clap back we got work to do <laughs> right you know? i'm like because obviously we've been waiting and uh getting the government assistance and waiting for politicians to do it right. for God knows how many years now, and our communities are still trash. Right. What's crazy is the most trash communities are the ones run by Democrats. So you know. Mm. Okay. All right. So, but I, so what I like about it, you're you're drawing people from all both sides. I'm assuming mm -hmm. with, with this Absolutely. work because you've taken approach, which I think all of us should uh, adopt to what you're doing. You've taken approach to take action. Yeah, we can talk. We can we can we can state our opinions. We can do all of these different things. But at the end of the day, it's the results. What are you doing? Right. That really mm -hmm. matters. It's not what you're talking about. It's really what you're doing and so i think regardless of what side of the the coin and that's not what this is about today per se but regardless of what the side we can all meet in the pact that you're doing you're in the city you're amongst the the people that uh uh that that that, that, that things are happening and you're making and creating change and you're showing us how to do that is that what i'm getting from from the the demonstration of what's going on that's it. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta do the work. Gotta, gotta do, do the work. <laughs> that's, it's, it's that simple. All the rhetoric, even you know, like going on Roland Martin show. All yeah. the rhetoric, rhetoric, rhetoric. I ain't yeah. got time for rhetoric. I got work. Yeah. I, every conservative that he's had on the platform, he's destroyed every last one of them except me because I do yeah. work. You can't yeah. beat work. That's awesome, man. This is awesome. So, uh, so let's let's talk about that experience a little bit, if, if we can. Obviously, you had that this moment. Like I said, you've been doing work as you as you've stated prior to this viral moment. So it's not like something just happened after this experience, but obviously it, it drew more people and more attention to you. Um, right. Before going into that, that, that particular encounter per se, uh, were you aware of what was going to come out of that? Or were you just going to talk about, uh, you, know, you know, the work that you were doing and it just kind of turned sour? What, what really happened there? <laughs> well, uh, I, I was a fan of Roland Martin before, you know, I okay. watched some of his commentary and things like that, but I made a video one time I put it on Twitter and I was talking about us going to do for self in our communities and he shared yeah. the video and called me an idiot. And okay. I was like, <laughs> you know, so I was like, okay. And I was like, um, all right. So I kind of ignored it or whatever. And I never, I just unfollowed him sure. or whatever like that. But um, he mm -hmm. went and tagged me again in another um, uh, tweet about voter suppression or whatever okay. like that. And, that okay. and that's not my area. I don't do politics. You know okay. I mean? like, yeah. Okay. Like you tagged me in this roulette. Like, but I'm like, <laughs> secondly, I was like, I'm he's like black Republicans in Georgia. I'm like, I'm not a Republican. I'm independent, first of all. I'm like, so let's start there. I'm like, but this yeah. is not my fight. Right. But um he he also tagged another friend of mine. He's my friend, he's an actual Republican, but we from okay. the same city. Okay. Um, and he grew up in the hood as well. 
Okay. But um, so he asked us to come on the show, and my friend couldn't come because he's a press secretary for Byron Donalds. Okay. Um, but I came on. I was just like, well, I was going there and telling <laughs> him that it's not my fight, and I believe we should do for sale. So I went on there and told him exactly that. I believe that this is not my fight. There are different parts to the body, and I don't, I don't that's, fight in this area. I fight it. and work with children. If people want to ask about voter suppression, I will send them to people who fight voter suppression. That's good. But as far as me, I work with children, just like the people who fight for voter suppression can't work with children. They send them to me. That's you know, good. so I'm just like, you gotta. There's different parts of the body. He was like, well, what do you mean by do for self? <laughs> he thought I was going to come with some theory. He thought mm-hmm. I was going to come with some rhetoric. No, mm-hmm. I can't. Well, what we have done. Yes. already yes. you know is this yeah so he couldn't really say anything about that he kept trying to fight against that and ask right. about government this i'm like i don't care what you're saying right. we got to go and do for self so right it is what it is with that but i mean it it's it's okay i don't really get into any negativity he made more tweets after that made another yeah. video yeah i don't respond because people are going to try to come find who i am yeah. and they're going to come make sure that obviously i'm doing some work yeah so, and I'm it's my work speak yeah, it hasn't stopped you from the work at all. Uh, so right recently, uh, and then maybe this has, has happened quite a while, like maybe I just came into knowledge of it. You had uh, displayed a video talking about you've taken 40, uh, 40 acres. Is that, is that, what's yeah, that about? I just, I just closed on it last week. Uh, okay. I, bought, I bought 40 acres of land. Uh-huh. Um, to assist with my young men um, in the program, teaching them wilderness training. We're going to uh-huh. also have a fresh food market on that land um, because on that side of town where I purchased it is a food desert. There's no okay. grocery store on yep. that side of town. Yep. Um, so we want to make sure we're doing that, growing food out there so we can actually put the food in the fresh food market and we'll right. sell seasonal vegetables That's and seasonal dope. fruits and things like that. But also um, we want to make sure the boys, again, are learning wilderness training, how to survive in the wild. Etc. So this 40 acres, we may put other things on it, like basketball courts and stuff like that. Um, but again, I told people, you know, I, we've been talking about 40 acres for a long time. Why well, decide to go take it? I so, it. I mean, we again, you can make these things happen. I'm just like, well, you're 21. I'm like, yeah, well, manage your money correctly. It's not that hard, right. you know, because it is what it is. There ain't no mortgage on it or nothing. Right. It's paid cash, right. you know, so we can do it. But kids get to see this. My, my boys was in there when I signed on the land. Wow. We closed on it. I, I had them what in there experience. watching. Yeah, what yeah, an experience. You know, and of course, the light, it don't really register with them right now, but sure. man, when them kids turn like 20, my age, 23, yeah. 24, they're going to be like, man, this <laughs> king, he taught us a whole lot of stuff, man. We was doing some crazy stuff because I like right now, like when my stepdad, my former stepdad was teaching me like all this stuff, like how to build stuff yeah. and all that. Like yeah. I had fun, you know, I was doing yeah. it, but it didn't register to like now. And, you know, and I'm getting old, I'm like, man, like he really gave me like- He set real, you like, up. <laughs> yeah, like if it went for him, I wouldn't even be doing this. Right. You know, so like I have to call him now and be like, you know, I call him and be like, man, I appreciate it and stuff. Wow. So we call him and he, I talk to him and stuff like that. That's but good. yeah, like he, he set me up to do, you know, what it is I'm doing now. You know, let's, so it just gave me the drive. Let's talk about something in that because I think that's, you know, for us older guys, right? We're, we're looking at you again, you're inspiring us, but you you wear a shirt that says big boy faith. I think, the I think there's something to that because, you know, when you start getting older, obviously we start thinking, we start getting conscious, we start thinking about all oh, what they may do, what this may do, it may impact. You're in a space right now, like you, like your shirt says, and maybe you can explain this a little bit better, but Big Boy Faith, you just stepping out like, hey, I, 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 it's promised to me, is, is what I can do, what's stopping me from doing it? So tell us, where did that come about with this Big Boy Faith? Like, how did you come up with this, this laying it? Did you get this from somebody else or, I mean, <laughs> yeah, so um, I always ask the boys, uh, well, I always tell them, I'm like, you and Jesus have the same father. So how you look at Jesus is special <laughs> and not yourself. Um, so I always tell them, you know, Jesus said, greater work shall you do. That's uh, so I always try to make sure, you know, that the boys get to see me walking on water 
and get mm-hmm. to see me, you know, out here uh, raising the dead and yeah, uh, yeah, helping yeah. the blind to see, yeah. et cetera. They get to see this all the time. But I'm like, yeah. you're just as special. You know, don't make That's it good. don't make it seem like you're not as special because you got the same dad. You can't have the same daddy and can't do the same things. Right. You know, so That's but good. I want to make sure the boys are understanding that. So but we was building shopping at the time. We were looking for our school building mm-hmm. and um, I was making a video about it. And I had said big boy faith. Got to have some big boy faith on the video. I just ran. So you just talking. Like, you just talking. Yeah, I was talking. And it turned into a shirt. I was like, talking oh yeah, that's and our doing. new catchphrase. Yep, that's our new catchphrase: big boy faith. Because you got to have nice. some big boy faith to make it happen. Because I always tell nice. the boys, like, I I call and ask for anything. Yes. What they can say is no. So I mean, I didn't have it anyway, so it's not going to affect me if they say no. But yeah. people are always scared to hear yeah. that. No, I call somebody and ask for. I call Donald Trump right now and ask him yeah. for a hotel. Can I have one of your hotels? The worst you can say is no. It's you know, so it is what it is. That's yeah, awesome. So, it is what it is. You got to have some big boy faith because you never know what will happen if you just ask. Okay. And we're, we're coming to the end of this, but I also, there's one other thing that I noticed and I did want to ask you a little bit about this. Your handles, you know, your, your social media handles, uh, it says what, new emerging king? What Absolutely. is that? What is that about? And how did that come about? Like, Absolutely. Um, so all of my handles are new emerging king. Um, okay. The reason my, all of my handles are new emerging king is because I know my purpose since I was a child. Um, mm-hmm. And I told my, my parents my purpose when I was a kid. Um, I told him I was here to finish what Dr. King started. Uh, mm-hmm. So my whole life, my grandparents never let me forget what I told them as a kid. I had a rebellious lifestyle when I, growing up. I wasn't a bad kid, <laughs> okay. but I always tried to rebel against You were questioning because, things, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because my grandma would always tell me, don't forget you're here to finish what Dr. King started. Don't forget what you told me. You know, my grandma was really spiritual, so she was wow. like, there was nobody but God, et cetera. So even wow. when I went to the military, like all of my boot camp letters, my grandma's in there like, I don't care what you call yourself doing. Don't forget you're here to finish what Dr. King started. So mm. I finally turned like 18 and I started researching Dr. King and watching all his speeches, read all his books, look at FBI mm. files. I'm like, what exactly like did he not do? So I fast forward. Um, I went to the Dr. King uh, Memorial in Atlanta. Yeah. While I was there, uh, I was looking for answers. I'm just like, I went to his gravesite <laughs> and I just sat there for about an hour. Wow. And I'm just like, well, maybe I'll get some energy or something. I don't know. You know it's like, I don't know. So I kept going. I went through the museum like three times and I went to this one room in there um, where they have the carriage that carried his casket through the city. Mm-hmm. And all on the wall, all the are all the headlines yeah. from his funeral and stuff yeah. like that. You know, King yep. Slade, King assassinated. You know, and stuff like that. And one stuck out to me um, from the Pittsburgh Courier, April twentieth, nineteen sixty eight. And the headline mm-hmm. said, "Will a new king emerge?" Wow. And from there is that's where I get my, all of my social media handles from. New emerging yeah. king. Okay. And so, um, and I kind of figured out what he didn't do. Um, I always say, imagine if Dr. King would have trained some replacements, wow. if he would have trained some children to come up behind him. Yeah. You know, so now, now I'm not even scared. You know, when I turn 35, 36, you can kill me, but then you have to drop a bomb on these thousands of other children that know the same mm-hmm. message. You know, so it wouldn't be no point in getting mm-hmm. rid of me. So I always say they need to train replacements now, you know, because nobody's working with children and well, boys in particular, because we have a thousand girls programs. Yeah, yeah there's nothing that's for boys. true. That is so yeah, true. There's nothing for boys. We have a million girls programs. People are always like, can you should start doing stuff for girls? I'm like, nope, <laughs> go send them to one of the girls programs. I love it. Our boys need teaching. Um, so, yeah, our boys don't have any major programs at all. Like we, we have a little stuff for boys. I'm like, no, we need something big for boys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's that's consistent, you know, with yeah. them because that's what they need, some consistency and being around men. Um, but yeah, that's where my social media handles come wow. from. New Emerging King, Pittsburgh Courier, April 20th, 1968. Nice. New King Emerge. 
Nice. You know, this has been wonderful, man. Again, to, ch uh, to chop it up with you and just to talk to you, man. I'm just thinking about yes, all of this. You know, you are tackling something big, but what, what I like about it all, you started where you were, right where you were, however small, mm -hmm. whatever whatever money you had, whatever uh, flyer you created on your phone, you started right mm -hmm. where you were. And it has allowed, you with know, nothing. with nothing. And, and mm -hmm. you know, the light has now started to shine your way per se, but you were only, obviously you're concerned about everything going on in the world. I'm sure, uh, you know, police brutality, whatever else is going mm -hmm. on in the world. You, that probably uh, rocks your world too. But you said, hey, I'm going to work around the area in which I am. And it's still now yep. um, opening up so many doors. So that's- yep. I don't address any negativity. I don't address yeah. any world events, et cetera. Yeah. I just do something positive to combat any negativity that I see. Yeah. So I don't com I don't comment on you know no police shootings anymore. Yeah. I don't comment on nothing. I don't comment on none of it because I don't need my people to see that. They need to see positivity all day. Yeah, every day. that's what's up. That's mm -hmm. what's up. Man, before we get out of here, man, uh, you know, I'm gonna just kind of shift it. I don't know if you're into to, to music or so. Uh, if you had an opportunity to share the stage with somebody, a uh, rapper of any uh dead or alive. Who would you share the stage with? My favorite rapper is Travis Scott. Travis I do Scott, not, okay. Yeah, I do not uh, fanboy over anybody but that man. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> I, I don't care about no celebrities. Like, I've been around many celebrities. My manager has a studio yeah. up in Atlanta, um, a big studio where they come shoot videos and stuff. I see yeah. those guys all the time. Yeah. I don't care. But Travis yeah. Scott, I will go nuts the day I meet okay. him. Okay, I will go complete nuts. What, yeah. what, is it about, what is it about him that... that Oh, well, Travis Scott, he's a, a, a extreme Christian. I'm a Christian as well. Okay. However, okay. everybody got their walk. I know he's sure, sure, sure. Uh, rap about certain stuff. Sure, they got sure. their walk. Um, but he's really family oriented. He loves his family. He takes his family everywhere and stuff. I love who he is as a person. Yeah. Um, he's really active with his fans. You know, he's not like a butthole off camera and stuff right. like that. Um, plus, I love the music. His music's yeah. different. His, his music videos are different. Like, he don't yeah. just... Like most videos, you'll see all you see is booty shaking and all that. Yeah. He may have that here and there, but all his videos yeah. like are weird and got like yeah. the different color schemes yeah. and stuff. His music <laughs> sounds different. He's not like the typical rapper. Like he okay. has his own flow, yeah. all that stuff. But his real name is Jock Webster II. Oh, um, really? <laughs> yeah, his real name is Jock Webster. He gets the name Travis Scott uh, from, um, he got two inspirations. Okay. Um, but he named himself Travis Scott. His, that's his stage name. But his real okay. name is uh, Jock Webster II. His nickname is Jack. Okay, I, I'm gonna have this to check. Is why his record label is Cactus Jack. I'm gonna have to check him out again. I'm an old head, so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking you coming with Tupac or somebody like that. But nah. No, this is good. This is good. I appreciate nah, I that. Love Scott, man. <laughs> I appreciate yep. this. But before we get out of here, of course, I know most people probably already know how to find you, how to get around, uh, you know, get the information from you. But just for the sake of our audience, those the few that may not have heard about you, how can they go about uh, finding out about the work that you're doing uh, currently? Absolutely. Well, our website is the xforboys.org. That's T-H-E, the letter X, F-O-R-B-O-Y-S.org. You can go there and find all my social media handles. You can go there to see how to order merchandise. You can go there to see all of our pictures and videos oh, yeah. and everything we've done. You can go there and figure out how to donate. You can go there to see how to volunteer. Everything's okay. on the website, the xforboys.org. And of course, if you can't find it there, all of my social media handles are New Emerging King. If you can't find me there, you can just go type in King Randall or the X for Boys on Google. If you can't find it there, I'll <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Can I get, I can get one, one of them big, I can get one of them big boy shirts on the website? Yes, yes. And, um, I just closed the store right now because we we're getting okay. an influx of orders. So I want to make sure our like, merchandise team is able to catch up. However, yeah. send your address to um, my uh, assistant and we'll get you a shirt sent out. 
Man, that's awesome. Well, man, you guys have heard it here. Um, this was just a fabulous uh, conversation today. Again, this is behind the grind, right? Behind the grind. Obviously, we see people out here talking and doing all this thing, but it's really the work that we're doing, boots on the ground, the work that we're doing. And we have a true life example of an individual, only 21 doing this thing, man. Hey, he's not worried about you, uh, uh, you, you liberals and conservatives. He's just doing the work out here and, work. and impacting lives and making things happen. So uh, make sure you share this uh, episode. Make sure you let other people know that have not heard about King Randall. Make sure that you, you put them up on him and, and go and support the work. That's the main thing. Go and support the work that he's doing. Um, there's a lot more work that he's doing and the impact that he's doing um, there in Albany, Georgia, and what God is going to do for him beyond. We, we, we'll wait. We, we're going to watch and see what God is going to do beyond this point. But until the next time, this is Sherrod, and this is Behind the Grind.